Well, good morning everybody and welcome to our online service from St Paul's in Leamington. Welcome to the whole church family. Welcome to friends of our church family watching around the country and indeed around the globe. And can I give a particular welcome to those of you who are exploring Christian faith and are watching this and wondering if Christianity might be for you. Uh, we are looking at Jesus meeting people after his resurrection and today we're focusing on Jesus meeting the disciples and Peter in particular. Katie will be telling the story of how Jesus met the disciples and then I'll focus on how Jesus restored Peter after Peter had blown it on the night before Jesus died. But before then we're going to worship and before that let's have a prayer together. We praise you Lord Jesus that you are risen that you have conquered death, that you've paid the price for our sins and with you there is forgiveness and grace. Pour out your spirit, we pray, on everyone watching this service in homes around the country, indeed around the world. We pray that you would meet each one of us where we are and lead us the next step in our relationship with you. And we ask it in your name. Amen. Good morning, my name's Katie, I'm the Children's Minister at St Paul's. Today I'm going to share one of the stories of Jesus appearing to the disciples after his resurrection. This story comes from John's Gospel, chapter 21. Now I'm going to do it a little bit more actively and I'd love it if you decided to join in with me at home and act it out. Of course, if you choose just to sit and laugh at me acting it out, I'll never know. But let's have a look at the story. So, it was a few days after Jesus had last appeared to them and the disciples didn't really know what to do with themselves. So Simon Peter said, I'm going to go fishing. And a few other disciples, I think six of them, went with him. 
Now they spent all night fishing. So we're in our boat, obviously, that's what this is. And I hope you've all got a net to pretend that you've got a net and we throw it the other side of the boat and they were heaving and heaving and heaving, but <sighs> the nets were empty. I hope you're doing this with me, otherwise I'm gonna feel really silly. And they threw the net the other side again and they heaved and heaved and heaved. <sighs> But the nets were empty and this went on all night until the sun rose. It's my son. And they were feeling pretty rubbish. They started heading back to the shore. And as they got closer, they saw, I hope you're all searching with me, they saw a stranger on the shore. They didn't know who it was, but he was shouting to them. So they cupped their ears and they listened. You can listen with me. And he said, have you got any fish? No, said the disciples. Throw your net on the other side of the boat. All right, it's a bit strange, the disciples thought, but they got their nets and they threw them on the other side of the boat. I hope you've done the same. And they heaved and they heaved and they heaved. And then there was a net so full of fish, it was so heavy, they couldn't get it into their boats. It's full of fish and apparently an octopus and a seahorse or two in my version. Anyway, looking at each other in astonishment, they looked back towards the stranger on the shore. And one of the disciples thought they recognised him and they said, it's the Lord. And Simon Peter, so excited to see it was Jesus, leapt out of the boat and ran splashing through the water to the shore where Jesus was cooking a fish on a fire with some bread. Go and get the rest of the fish, Jesus said. So Simon Peter did with the other disciples. They dragged the net full of fish, 153 fish in total. And together with Jesus, they had breakfast on the shore. And that was the third time that Jesus had appeared to the disciples since his resurrection. Simon Peter, what a guy. He's one of my favourite disciples because I think he's just really relatable. Like he makes a lot of mistakes, but he tries his hardest to make up for them. And he often makes decisions with his heart rather than with his head. And he acts before he really thinks about what he's doing. This story is a great example of that. I love that when he recognises Jesus, he just jumps straight out of the boat and splashes through the water to go and see his friend. It's such an amazing outpouring of love for Jesus to rush to his side. It's also a great show of faith and obedience. Jesus has appeared a couple of times before this to his disciples since he rose from the dead and Peter trusts him wholeheartedly still. He follows all of Jesus's instructions and he does what Jesus asks him to do. And when he does that, he's surprised with the results. 153 fish are caught after a whole night of not getting any fish at all. I can only imagine the surprise, the delight, and possibly even fear that the disciples felt when they had this miraculous batch of fish and then realised that it was Jesus who had helped them. What I like most about this story, though, is the way Jesus comes to the disciples and helps them with their normal, everyday, humdrum work. They're out fishing doing what they did before they knew and followed Jesus. I guess it must have been calming and relaxing, almost a de-stressing ex exercise to return to their normal life, something lots of us would like at the moment, and to do something they knew well in what was, for them, a turbulent and terrifying time. And Jesus helps them with their work. He encourages them and, importantly, gives them a way to do it a little bit differently. And I believe Jesus does the same for us today. Whatever work we are doing, Jesus is there to help us, guide us, and sometimes give us a new way to do things. 
Often, Jesus's way isn't what the world expects to happen. And in the case of the fishermen, they caught more fish than they could fit in their boat. Jesus made this normal, everyday, humdrum life into a day so memorable that people have talked about it for 2,000 years. And that's the power Jesus has to make our lives special, no matter what we do for a job, what year we are in at school, what we, where we live or what hobbies we have. If we follow Jesus's way, he has the power to transform our lives and make them special. That's not to say that we'll all be remembered for the next 2000 years, but it is to say that we can be special and extraordinary in our ordinary lives. We can be in the world, but not the same as the world. Our day-to-day -day living can reflect God's glory if we follow what Jesus wants us to do and not what the world wants us to do. And we can do that even from our houses. You can see the displays of love and hope on people's windows. And that is a reflection of God's glory. And to top off the miracle, at the end of a hard day's or night's work, Jesus highlights the importance of sitting down together, enjoying the work that you've done that day and having a really good meal. I like that. And I think that's something that we can all manage these days. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you that you come to us wherever we are, that you help us, that you encourage us and you guide us. Lord, help all of us to listen to you, to follow your way and to glorify you in our everyday living. Amen. Thank you, uh, Katie. It's now time for our All Age song and we're going to sing All Through History this week. Uh, and you might know there are a couple of verses we don't often sing at St Paul's, a verse about Esther and a verse about Mary. And so when Jess and I recorded uh, the worship a couple of days ago, we included those verses. We've actually not included David and Daniel this week. We'll use those uh, another time. Uh, and so there's some new actions that we need to, to learn for those two verses. And also when it comes to the chorus, I thought it'd be quite good for us to do the sign language for the chorus rather than the actions we usually do and so I thought I would teach that to uh, Katie first of all and hopefully to you guys as well and you'll be able to join in with us at home. The verses first very simply uh, so uh, when we come to them we've got Esther uh, and so Esther spoke out boldly to the king so we're going to do Esther spoke that's the sign language for spoke out boldly to the king just a crown on your head for king uh, although it was a very risky thing this is sort of risky or dangerous in sign language as if you're biting your um, fingernail. So, so that was Esther spoke out boldly to the king, as although it was a very risky thing. And then uh, for Mary, the verse is Mary risked the people's hate and scorn. A word for hate, the sign for hate is this. So we're going to do Mary risked the people's hate and scorn so that the baby Jesus could be born. A sort of cradle of a, of a baby there. So those are the verses. Uh, and uh, when we come to the chorus, very simple, the chorus. So we've got, oh, thank you. This is thank you in sign language. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Uh, they're all through history. Now, this is the sign for history. You're kind of using two hands. That's it. Kind of like that. And uh, kind of a bit like that, a bit over your shoulder a little bit. They're all through history. Uh, you would point to God. Don't have a theological argument about where God is, though we always point to God up there. And um, there's God in this in view of sign language anyway. That you are faith. Faith is, is a hand a bit like a T, and then full, you're filling something up full. Faith full. So all through history, you are faithful. Uh, and then thank you, thank you, and then you, God, are just the same, two fingers together, just the same when it comes to me, when it comes to me. Okay, let's see how we get on with that. Let's join together as we sing. Noah built the most enormous boat that kept the birds and animals afloat. The Lord was good, the Lord was strong, and Noah lived his life for him. Moses led his people through the sea, taking them away from slavery. The Lord was good, 
was strong and Moses lived his life for him. for leading our actions there. Uh, there is no stopping Adam now with his actions. Can you remember three years ago when he joined us how reluctant Adam was to do actions? Now is fully trained. Uh, we're going to come now to pray, but before that, we're going to hear from a couple of our mission partners. One of the things that most enriches us at St Paul's is our links with mission partners around the world. We're going to hear from two of them today. First of all, from Marcus and Claire, who have planted a church in Concordia in Argentina and lead a Bible school there. And then we're also going to hear from Teresa, who is involved in Bible translation and literary work, literacy work in Papua New Guinea. And then Teresa is going to lead us in praying for the whole world at this time. Hi, this is Claire and Marcos from Argentina. We are missionaries here and we are locked down. We have to stay at home because of uh, the coronavirus. Um, the government is very strict, 170 people died in this country, so we are not allowed to leave home, so there is no church service at the moment. But we've found amazing opportunities at this time, um, not being able to meet up. We've been doing lots of video messages and audio messages. And this hasn't just been for our church people, who obviously are needing ministering to at this time. It's also been a great opportunity to reach out to people who aren't Christians. Uh, many people who have attended our events, attended our church, people we've had conversations with, with in the past. We've been able to take all those contacts and send them our video messages. And it's actually been met with amazing responses. People have said how much um, peace it's given them in such a difficult time. So it's been wonderful to hear that. And our congregation are sharing them with their friends and their family. And, and actually, we find there's a great sense of... Um, People are very receptive at this time. Uh, they're needing words of hope. They're needing uh, a message of peace. And, and, and that's what we find in the gospel. Yeah, and people are very receptive at this time. So it's a great time for reaching new people, uh, even though it's a, a difficult time. And um, thank you for all your prayers. And uh, uh, we, we always think of you. We always remember... Uh, the church, St Paul's, and uh, you are in our hearts. Thanks then. God bless you all. Love to you all. Hello to you all at St Paul's. One of the projects I've been working on this year is producing a picture storybook in the same app language of Joseph's story in the book of Genesis. 
Joseph's plans went something like this. Plan A. Head out towards Shechem, check on my brothers and the flocks and make sure they're doing okay. Plan B. Cry out for help from the bottom of the well. Plan C. Learn Egyptian while working as a slave in Potiphar's house. Plan D. Stop planning. In confinement. No idea how long I'll be here. I'm also on plan D for this year. Replan. In confinement. No idea how long we'll be here. I'm sure that many of you are also on plan D. Many of my colleagues in Papua New Guinea are also on plan D. In Papua New Guinea on the 20th of March, the first case of COVID-19 uh, tested positive and the PNG government declared a state of emergency and a national day of prayer and fasting for the nation. So this morning, let's take a moment to pray for the nations that are on our hearts. Let's pray together. Thank you, Lord, that you are a God of compassion and mercy. You are slow to anger and filled with unfailing love. Thank you that you do not punish us or deal with us harshly as we deserve. Thank you that you have unfailing love towards those who love and honour you. Thank you that you have removed our sins from us as far as the east is from the west. Even though our days on earth are like grass, like wildflowers, we bloom and die, the wind blows and we are gone. Yet your love, O Lord, remains forever with those who love you and respect you. You reach out and rescue those who are faithful to you and obey your word. Lord God, you made the heavens and the earth and you rule over everything. Every people group who speak a different language, every nation and every leader of every nation. Lord, we bring before you the people on our hearts and the nations whom you love. God of love, mercy and compassion, we bring before you the nations of North America. Father God, forgive and heal them. God of love, mercy and compassion, we bring before you the nations of South America. Father God, forgive and heal them. God of love, mercy and compassion, we bring before you the nations of Europe. Father God, forgive and heal us. God of love, mercy and compassion, we bring before you the nations of Asia. Father God, forgive and heal them. God of love, mercy and compassion, we bring before you the nations of Africa. Father God, forgive and heal them. God of love, mercy and compassion, we bring before you the nation of Australia and the island nations of the Pacific. And today I pray especially for the nation of Papua New Guinea, for wisdom for the Prime Minister and his government as they deal with the COVID-19 state of emergency, and for the Christians to reach out your hand of love and mercy and compassion to those around them in their villages and provinces, that the love of Christ would have greater impact than the illness. Father God, forgive and heal them. We thank you, Lord, that you are able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine according to your power that is at work within us. Lord God, help us all in the UK and the nations of the world to turn back to you to listen to the words of Jesus so that whether we are at work on the front line or in confinement, we can be free from fear, refreshed by our eternal hope and empowered by your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to continue in prayer for just a minute. Uh, first of all, quietly 
in the silence, you might like to lift up to the Lord any individual that you're concerned for. And if there's something that's on your heart that you're worried about, tell your Heavenly Father about it. And together as a church, let's pray particularly for God to give his wisdom to Boris Johnson, our Prime Minister, and the government as they make the delicate political judgment about how to bring us out of lockdown and how long that should take. Let's pray too for Boris uh, now with a new baby and for his partner Carrie and for all those who are coping with new babies at this difficult time. And let's bring all our prayers together as we pray the words of the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. Now we're going to sing again as Adam and Jess continue to lead us in worship.
Adam and Jess for leading us in worship and thank you Katie for telling that story so brilliantly. Uh, I'm going to read from the Bible what happened after that story when Jesus met Peter and the other disciples for breakfast on the beach uh, in John chapter 21 picking up the story at verse 15 as Jesus has a conversation with Peter. When they'd finished eating Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon son of John 
Do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him a third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. Very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. Then Jesus said to him, follow me. Peter turned and saw the disciple whom Jesus loved was following them. This was the one who had leaned back against Jesus at the supper and had said, Lord, who's going to betray you? When Peter saw him, he asked, Lord, what about him? Jesus answered, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? You must follow me. Because of this, the rumour spread among the believers that this disciple would not die. But Jesus didn't say he wouldn't die. He only said, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? This is the disciple who testifies to these things and who wrote them down. We know that his testimony is true. Jesus did many other things as well. If every one of them were written down, I suppose that even the whole world would not have room for the books that would be written. Well, as we think about this story, let's pray that God will speak to us through it. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for the way you met Peter and restored him and recommissioned him. We pray that you will come and speak to us now. Thank you that you know our situations, you know our weaknesses and failures, you know our hearts. Speak to us now by your spirit as we think about this story and we ask it in your name. Amen. I wonder if you have ever failed at anything. Not a minor slip, but a real disaster where you wish the ground would open up and swallow you. Not a minor thing, like I said, something like failing a driving test, but a real catastrophe, a disaster in a relationship, something that really matters. A time or a time perhaps when you feel you've let God down really badly and perhaps you struggle to believe that you're forgiven or that you can be forgiven. Well, Peter had failed badly and let Jesus down. On the night before Jesus died, he had denied Jesus three times. And this isn't just one of the crowds or one of the 70 or even one of the 12. This is one of Jesus's three closest friends, Peter, who would be the leader of the church. And yet we all love Peter. If there was a poll of your favourite disciple, Peter would come top, probably, or very near the top. Uh, he opens his mouth, he puts his foot in it. We love him partly because he gets stuff wrong, but because we can identify with him. Today's story tells us that failure is not final. If you've done things wrong that you're ashamed of, there is forgiveness and recommissioning. Jesus doesn't give up on us just because we've failed him. Now, you might be thinking, but you don't know how bad a Christian I am, or... You might listen to that nasty voice in your ear that says, call yourself a Christian and you've done that. Or maybe you're just exploring the Christian faith and thinking you could never be a Christian because you could never be good enough. Today's story of Jesus recommissioning Peter says it's not, not about being good enough. It's about being restored and forgiven by him. The night before Jesus had died, Peter had said, I will never deny you. And Jesus had said that he would deny him three times before the cock crowed. When the soldiers came in the garden, all that bravado disappeared. Peter ran away. He followed uh, at a distance and then wound up denying Jesus three times. While he was obviously thrilled that Jesus has risen again, and we know Jesus met with him privately, he must have wondered what Jesus really thought of him and whether Jesus really trusted him. He must have felt terrible for denying him. And our story today tells us that Peter was forgiven and recommissioned. It's a story of amazing grace. Three quick themes for us, and uh, I wonder which one will apply most to you. The first theme is about forgiveness and dealing with the past. Uh, 
Katie's reminded us that they'd had breakfast with fish cooking on a coal fire. Uh, the smell of those charcoals must have reminded Peter of other fires, not least the fire only a week or two ago where he had denied Jesus. And then the three questions reminding him of the three times he had denied Jesus. It seems that in order for Peter to appreciate his full forgiveness, he first had to face up to the full pain of his failure. Sometimes I think we don't fully appreciate our forgiveness for the same reason. We don't want to face up to the pain of the failings, so we can miss out on knowing the depth of forgiveness. It doesn't work just to brush things under the carpet and hope it goes away and pretend it never happened. What God loves to do is bring things to the surface so they can be properly forgiven and healed. It's often helpful if you're struggling to know you're forgiven, to talk it through with a close friend or a small group leader or with one of the leadership team or perhaps with me. Obviously we can't meet personally at the moment, but if you're struggling with someone you can still talk it through on a phone or perhaps arrange a Zoom call. We read that Peter was upset when Jesus brought it up the third time. Uh, but that's the route to the healing. The surgeon will cut in order to heal. And Jesus did that with Peter. But the rest of the conversation makes it clear that Peter's not only forgiven, he is restored and trusted with great work for Jesus. So our second theme is about God's grace and love. It's not just forgiveness from the past, but positive trust commissioning to serve him in the future. And here is a big responsibility that Jesus gives to Peter, to feed his lambs, to take care of them, to feed the sheep. These are the sheep, that's us, that Jesus died for. He is the good shepherd and Jesus trusts Peter to care for them and to feed them, to teach them. It's clear Jesus not only forgives Peter from the past, but entrusts him with what is most precious to him, that is us. It's a reminder too that the pastor's job, pastor is just Latin for shepherd, is not just to care for the sheep, but to feed them, to teach them from God's word. It's not just clergy, but youth and children's leaders and small group leaders. It's the job of all who love Jesus to care for his people and to make sure that they're fed with God's word, his truth. But the qualification for this is love for Jesus. It's not primarily degrees or skill with Microsoft Word or even a sense of humour. You can look at lots of job adverts for the clergy. I'm staggered at how few talk about love for Jesus. You might think you should take that, you could take that for granted, but sadly you can't. Too often with busyness, the love can go. And Jesus wants our love most of all. That's why he asked Peter, do you love me? Before he gave him the job to do. Right at the heart of Christianity is love for Jesus and his people. And from that, his love is to spread around the world. Sound doctrine or morality or endurance are all very important, but they're no substitute for loving Jesus. A bit like a marriage where there's no unfaithfulness, where the husband and wife do the jobs that are needed, but there's no love in the relationship, it misses the point. So with us and God, the main thing is our love relationship with him. When I was a student, I was very impacted by the ministry of David Watson. Uh, David Watson had a terrible illness and was not able to continue that ministry. And when he was ill, he wrote this. God showed me that all my preaching, writing and other ministry was absolutely nothing compared to my love relationship with him. In fact, my sheer busyness had squeezed out the close intimacy I had known. It's a bit like that famous chapter that's often read at weddings, 1 Corinthians 13 that without love, whatever we do, uh, is not very good. If the church only focuses on what we believe, uh, but doesn't love, it can get proud. If a church only focuses on moral behaviour, but not love, people can feel condemned. Indeed, that seemed to be the problem of the Pharisees. They had right doctrine and right behaviour, but they missed out on love. And personally, I know how easy it is for love for God to get squeezed out in the sheer busyness of life. I think one of the benefits of this period of lockdown is that many of us, perhaps most of us, have a bit more time than usual. So there's time to deepen prayer and read scripture. And if you've never got into the habit yet of a daily time of reading scripture and reflecting on it in prayer, 
whether you do that in an armchair or you do it going for a walk, now is a great time to get into that habit. It's the key to our relationship with the Lord. And then a third theme, just this one very briefly. At the end, Jesus challenges Peter, follow me. And Peter looks over his shoulder and sees John following them walking down the beach and says, well, Lord, what about him? And Jesus says, it doesn't matter about him, you follow me. There's always a danger as Christians to compare ourselves with other. There's a danger in vicar, for vicars of comparing ourselves with other vicars. But the key thing is that we are following Jesus as he leads us and calls us. Uh, that's a whole other sermon. But I wonder what he's calling you to do next. I'm going to pray in a moment. But just reflect, which of those three do you think God is most speaking to you about today? Is it something to do with forgiveness? It may be you're aware of something terrible in your past. God knows about it and he loves you. Jesus has paid the price for that on the cross and he wants you to know his forgiveness. The good news uh, is that Jesus came for those who need forgiveness, not for the proud or those who think they're perfect or those who think they don't need it. If you know you've failed, ask God to help you know his forgiveness. God knows all about it and he loves you. Well, perhaps it's that question about, do you love me? Feed my sheep. It may be that you've been a Christian a while and something of that first love for Jesus has evaporated. You've got too busy. Uh, you might like to go for a walk later or have some time just imagining Jesus having that conversation with you where he says to you, do you love me? And then he gives you things to do for him. It may even be that he's calling you to explore some form of Christian ministry, uh, in which case do please get in touch about that. I'd love to talk with you about that. Or perhaps it's this thing of comparison. Jesus says to you, don't worry about others, you follow me. I wonder what the Lord might be saying to you. Let's pray together. We thank you, Lord God, our Father, that with you there is grace and forgiveness. We thank you that the heroes of the Bible got so many things wrong, but they were restored by you. We thank you for Peter, who though he denied Jesus three times, was forgiven and restored and trusted with leadership. We pray for everyone watching this, that they will come to know your forgiveness deeply. Will you pour your spirit out and help us grow in love for Jesus? and as well in love for each other and in the way we can serve each other in the church and serve the world together. And we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going now to sing our last song. It's that famous hymn, Amazing Grace. Grace is God's undeserved love. Uh, Peter could have written this, Amazing Grace. In fact, it was written by John Newton, who was a slave-trading captain of a ship until God met him in a storm and he abandoned that terrible way of life and gave himself to serving Jesus. And he wrote this wonderful hymn, Amazing Grace, that saved a wretch like me. Let's sing together.
thousand years, bright shining as the sun. We've no less days to sing God's praise than when we first begun. My chains are Let's close with a prayer together. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for your amazing grace for each one of us. For John Newton, who wrote that hymn, for Peter, who we've thought about today, for each one of us. We praise you, Lord Jesus, that when you died on the cross, you paid the price for the sins of the whole world. Help us to know that forgiveness. Deep down, we pray, and fill us with love for you, and use us to care for each other and build each other up. And may that love overflow to the world around us in workplaces and homes and neighbourhood and streets. Now receive this blessing from God. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. So may the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit rest upon you and all your household this day and forevermore. Amen.